November 30th, 2008, the First Church and Parish in Dedham, the Reverend Raleigh Weaver, Advent. So what can I tell you of Advent? I want to bring you into it today to open you to its possibilities. I don't want you to have to wrestle with the history or the theological ground of it. I want us to merely open to its rhythm, or as Dietrich Bonhoeffer suggests, to awaken us to the waiting moments as if we were locked in a cell waiting for rescue from the outside. Much of life may seem like waiting in a cell. The drudgery of the everyday, of getting up and going, of cooking and cleaning house and paying bills and taking out the trash. It is easy to get caught up in the humdrumness of it all, especially at this time of year, as the weather grows colder and the days darker and we must hunker down for the long winter ahead. It is easy to get lost in the everydayness of living and forget that the bright moments, the sparkling days of spring and summer and fall, will come again. It is from this darkness where we begin our preparation for the sparkling moment that we hope will come. We wait for it with expectation in our hearts and faith that our hopes will be satisfied. In the Christian sense, Advent is this period of four weeks leading up to the holiday of Christmas. It is a time of preparation for the coming of a Savior, and it seems quite natural that to open our hearts to the new life that comes from something beautiful would require a period of awakening to its possibilities. There is a time of preparation when any child is born. The space must be prepared. It seems fitting to remember the time between fertilization and birth because preparation is a big part of the story of Advent, giving our hearts time to prepare for what is to come, giving our minds time to open to the miracle, not simply the birth of God, but the possibility that peace could be born on earth at all. Part of what interests me about the Christian story is this recognition of the periods of waiting before the bright light appears. When you really think about it, the Christmas Christmas and the birth of Jesus isn't really the end of waiting. First there is the moment when Mary is notified that she will bear a child, and then there are nine months of waiting. Then the child is born, and this again is only a brief glimmer in the darkness. After his birth, there will be thirty years before his light shines fully in the darkness, And his ministry only really lasts three years after it begins. All of this preparation for a brief moment of reprieve and all of this, too, is part of the story of Advent. It is part of the nature of things. There is always a period of waiting for the spring to fill up, for the fruit to ripen on the vine, and in the same way we must prepare our hearts for the abundance to come. Thanksgiving is sort of a smaller, secular example of the same phenomenon. I don't know about you, but I spent the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving cleaning and organizing my house. As some of you know, I made my way through seminary cleaning houses, so the first thing I did was try to clean the parsonage myself. But with my minister's schedule, it is difficult to even have the feeling that my big house is ever clean. I clean one part and then have to do it 
something else, and by the time I move on to a new part of the house, the first part I clean is dirty again. Sort of like how they paint the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, starting in one end, and then, as soon as they finish painting their way back to the start again, I never have the feeling in cleaning the parsonage that it is finished. Since my family was coming for Thanksgiving, I hired some professional cleaners to help, and so I spent a day and a half preparing the house for the cleaning ladies. <laughs> and I, then I accepted some help from some friends in getting organized, and when we were all through on Wednesday, I had, for the first time since moving into the parsonage, the experience of a house that did not need to be cleaned. It was a glorious moment. And then began the cooking for Thanksgiving. My whole family was coming, which means my father, my two sisters, their husbands, my eight nieces and nephews. In total, there were 14 at Thanksgiving dinner. And here again, there was much preparation involved. There was chopping and baking and sautéing and cooking and more cleaning up. The preparation for dinner took hours. And when it was done, and the tables were set and the meal was laid out for all to enjoy, I had, if ever so brief, a feeling of completion. And then everyone filled their plates with food and we prayed together over our meal. And in the brief incandescent moment, I saw the perfection of Thanksgiving. And then everyone ate and drank from the abundance of Thanksgiving. And so just as suddenly as it began, the meal was over and there were dishes to be done and food to be put away and a kitchen to clean. As I see it, this is a perfect metaphor for life. The job is never complete, and you only get glimpses of the glory amidst the never-ending cycle of striving. Most of our moments of perfection do not require the preparation of thanksgiving, and they often catch us unaware, and so sometimes we miss them. I believe that this is a big part of what the Christian season of Advent tries to address and prepare us for by giving us a time of waiting and preparation in the hope with hope in our hearts so that we can open our minds fully to the miracle when it arrives at this time of year we approach the dark darkest day the holidays seem to want us to focus only on purity and light but i can tell you for sure that darkness is a part of the natural order of things too darkness can bring a relief from the blinding sun, from the scorching heat, and when we are asleep, it can bring us relief from exhausting labor. The darkness of night signals a time for rest. The darkness of winter is a time for hibernation, for the earth to sleep. The darkness and the wilderness are at the heart of creativity from which promises of new life and possibility are born. The best ideas grow in the dark mystery. They form in our unconscious they form when we wrestle with ideas without a map and without knowing where they're going until one day they suddenly arrive. Eggs must incubate before they're hatched and every baby needs a period of gestation before it is born. Most new inventions and great works of art and music are born only after a long period of hatching. I recognize that entering the darkness and waiting without knowledge of what will come is not easy. But I wonder without darkness, without waiting, and even without drudgery, what preparation, what light and beauty we might miss. 
In my meditation room, I keep a little glass egg where I can see it. This egg serves as my reminder that even when I'm having a bad day, even in the difficult moments, there are infinite prospects for goodness within the world, and that each moment is pregnant with possibility, and anything is possible with time. When I stop trying to make sense of the Christmas story, of how Mary could have been a pregnant virgin, or how Jesus could have been the descendant of the house of David if Joseph was not biologically his father, I know that the story of Christmas is about possibilities too. As Luke tells it, the very first thing that the angel Gabriel does is give Mary a new name, Most Favored One. So in some ways, the preparation includes a naming ceremony, and naming ceremonies always take place at the beginning of new life. Yet this naming is frightening to Mary. What could it mean to be most favored by God? Despite her fear, Mary remains open to the possibilities. When Gabriel tells her she will bear a son, Mary doesn't say, This can't be, I'm not married, which might have ended things right there. Instead, she says, How can this be, since I have no husband? Instead of responding with an automatic no, Mary stays open to the possibilities that despite the facts, it could still happen. Mary could conceive a child, perhaps even in ways she had not yet imagined. How many times do we think of all the reasons something cannot happen instead of holding tight to the faith that despite all of the obstacles, maybe it can? In the same way Mary does, we all must let go in order to let life begin anew in us. The angel tells Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I like to imagine that every pregnant woman feels this spirit, this rush of emotion at being caught up in something bigger than herself, filled with the possibilities of the new life inside her. But I don't think this story is just for pregnant women. If we allow it, the Annunciation serves as a reminder for all of us to trust in the mysterious presence of the divine that surrounds us and moves through our lives in ways we cannot imagine, even in the most dreary moments. Becoming pregnant out of wedlock was probably about the worst possible scenario for Mary. What if Joseph finding her with child had rejected her? How could a scorned woman with a child survive in that time? As I see it, the miracle is that with all of the millions of reasons that Mary might have had to turn Gabriel's proposal down, she says yes. And it is Mary's yes that transforms this story. It is her yes that changes the whole scene. For it is not God through the Holy Spirit that alone can create this miracle of life. It is Mary's willingness, her participation, and her yes that make it possible. In light of Mary's yes, the Annunciation becomes a reminder not only that the world is full of possibilities, and not only that many things are possible if we remain open to the great mysteries amidst the darkness, but most importantly, that we must consciously and willingly participate with our faith. We must say yes. And what Mary's consent does is recast the story of waiting in the Annunciation. Instead of ordering Mary around, 
The powerful God of Israel is waiting for her answer. Now perhaps that is the true mystery of Advent. The fact that the creative life force is waiting for your answer too. Waiting to see if you are willing to participate. To say yes to all the mysterious challenges and possibilities available to you. Even in your most humdrum and dreary moments. What will you answer?